also say a toe to so. You know what? A toe to so. A fucking a toe to so. Hello and welcome back to this episode of The Bottleman. Uh, I say welcome back to this episode because I assumed that when I was partway through Hello, you paused and went and did something else for a little while. Uh, it is uh, myself, Riley, and Clinton from the Alberta Advantage podcast, both drinking Coke products uh, as we were all supposed to. Uh, thank you guys for having me and thank you for uh, Coca-Cola for making uh, Coke Zero, the best beverage you can get. That's right. Uh, it's... Look, we... Money's tight, <laughs> and 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 Coke and Coca Cola, in order to promote its terrible new flavor, uh, which apparently it has now, has decided to go the way of a uh, Blue Apron, Hello Fresh, <laughs> Mac Weldon, Harry's, Warby Parker, and other such household names, uh, brands that have uh, gone from strength to strength, really Casper mattresses, uh, and start sponsoring podcasts. So uh, go buy a Coca-Cola and just say uh, Bottleman really loud to the cashier when you do uh, for 10% off. That's right. Uh, that's right. That's 10% off. I, am, I got uh, my Coke delivered by, my, uh, the, by the guy who brings me my dick pills. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I am, uh, I'm not drinking Coke, uh, Coke products for, for one reason, which is that um, after defeating um the comms director of uh, mcdonald laurier institute on twitter i have assumed his job so i'm now the communications director for mcdonald laurier institute and i will only be drinking king car brand beverages made in taiwan that's right uh, there, i think you mean the republic of china <laughs> yeah i'm 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 sorry dan i have a one china coffee policy so i can't uh, i can't sign on to this yeah. Uh, by that, of course, Clinton means he has just one coffee a day or he gets all twitchy. That's right. Um, <laughs> exactly. I, was just, well. I was just sipping this delicious uh, Mr. Brown Blue Mountain Blend iced coffee and remembering um, when I lived in Taiwan and I was teaching English, uh, I, uh, I was a big fan of King Car beverages and they had this limited edition beverage called Root Sars. So that's like root beer, but with the word Sars instead of beer. Mm-hmm. King Car delicious. brand Root Sars. Very, very delicious. Hey, uh, can I uh, can I get a large fries and a COVID burger, please? <laughs> I need I need some Ebola on the side. Please, uh, just just uh, keep the COVID on the side. I'll put it on myself. You know, I like to maintain some ownership over my meals. But um, we are going to be talking a little bit about Calgary uh, municipal politics. It's more than just uh, what's his uh, Joyce's name, the Roughneck. Um, the guy that they covered in oil, uh, Bernard the Roughneck. That's who it was called. Bernard uh, you the Roughneck. Re- yeah, you I've... may remember he was. It was a publicity stunt. Oh man, I, I uh, that completely passed me by. They've covered really? somebody in oil. So Bernard what they the did, Roughneck. Mm-hmm. We, we've talked about this on, on the Bottleman before while talking about ethical oil. Uh, oh, but Jesus. um, the basically the the oil a, a oil producers group had a sort of oil fields working roughneck guy who actually had like a degree in communications from like a university in Alberta. Um, I Kind of like the country singer, uh, what is his name? Buddy Brown is uh, mm. basically has a, deg- the, he's like a, he's like a truth spewing uh, pickup truck speech delivering guy, but he has a degree, degree in psychology. So 
Ah, delightful. And says mm-hmm. whelp a lot. That's pretty much like the whole, uh, that's pretty much like the, the climax of a movie with one of those SARS guards where they kidnap a, uh, uh, it's called the East, and they kidnap an oil company's daughter and then threaten to uh, threaten him, just be like, you got to stop uh, extracting oil or we're going to dunk your daughter into this carcinogenic tailings pond uh, while you watch. Um, <laughs> I've always thought about that because it's just like, oh man, we have so many of those here and that, that, that tactic's never been used. <laughs> you know, uh, the, the, the Bernard the Roughneck was just a guy that they put oil like as though he left his job at the oil fields and like didn't shower between leaving his job at the oil fields and going to Ottawa. <laughs> <laughs> Which is I'm, I'm clocking out and walking straight to the capital. Mm-hmm. No Getting time to in shower. Just something that like when you're actually drilling, it just like just kind of happens sometimes as a matter of course. Like it's just like. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, that'll happen, man. It's like it's yeah. not an interesting, cool thing that you're doing. <laughs> yeah, but so but we're talking about uh, Calgary, uh, Calgary, because Calgary has an election coming up. It's got a lot of big transformations that are going to happen. Um, it has, I want to say, between fifty and ninety ska bands worth of squat space available in disused office space in the center of town. That's right. Just a, um, a tremendously empty city core in the best of times, and now just uh, just tumbleweeds uh, rolling through and past the occasional stampede drunk. Uh, but uh, I have a few news items I want to get to before we get to the. Uh, oh, sorry, Dan. Did you have uh, some witty repartee or a trenchant remark? No, I was just thinking about you know squats and and like that is a possible future for calgary is uh you know instead of having the nexon building with uh, how many square feet of empty space you could have pirate house uh you know like uh lentil soup house uh free t-shirt box house you could have food not bombs plaza (laughs) like a (laughs) hundred stories of food not bombs plaza I'm just drifting away on a daydream here, thinking about an anarchist Calgary, you know, where no one, pick, <laughs> where no one picks up after anyone else, where the the, ch- the chore wheel is uh, abandoned several weeks into the project. <laughs> a chore wheel the size of a traffic roundabout being care being spun by a t- by a, a team of oxen. <laughs> just no one does anything. Dude, it could you a Calgary could transform itself into the fume of the 21st century. You know, like just a, <laughs> just a brief brief shining moment of anarchism and uh, no responsibilities. <laughs> The, the culture of this place would quickly devolve into a, you know, I'm going to farm this lawn uh, and I'm going to create some spears and do not cross this line. Uh, mm. if, there's, if you can summarize this place in a single sentence, it's I'm going to do my thing over here. Never talk to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, which is like that one room in the anarchist house. That's right. That no one ever goes into. The bad room. Yeah. The, the, the bad room, you know, where Smelly lives. Yeah, um, that guy's, so that I, guy's I, drawing very strange pentagrams yeah. and other things on the walls. Don't don't talk to him. He's just <laughs> part of the furniture. Yeah, we can't get rid of him because we're anarchists and we're we believe in ineffectualism as a kind of um, <laughs> virtue. It's hermetically sealed because I'm trying to perfect my homebrewed plum wine. <laughs> yeah, and, and look, I think that you could actually do really interesting things with a gravity plum wine production system that started seventy stories in the air. <laughs> what if you what if what if you and your awful friends could take like a pound of seeds and stems and try to and try to hot box the former Deloitte office? <laughs> 
Um, but I, I have a few news items I want to cover before we get to this. And boy, do I, I'd love thinking about Calgary, the big empty city, the big empty downtown. But I got a couple of news items. Um, our boy Bolsonaro uh, is back in hospital having contracted a hiccuping <laughs> disease. Well, okay. Incredible. Hiccuping disease was how they reported it at first. I think what it really is, is he is um, just entirely filled with his own shit. Like he's got an obstructed yeah. bowel <laughs> and he's just he's just blowing up like a balloon and he's rolling around on the floor, clutching his leathery stomach, saying, oh, me a stomacho and, and kicking his little legs <laughs> in the air. And everybody's laughing at him. Yeah. Everyone's laughing at Jair Bolsonaro because he's back in the hospital for the like seventh time since becoming president of Brazil, this time because he can't stop hiccuping. <laughs> As somebody who every single time I have any, like if, if somebody hands me a Molson Canadian, I'm going to drink it. I don't care. Yeah. Um, but every single time I drink a Molson Canadian, I will get the hiccups for quite a while um there was one time where i got hiccups for three hours i think mm -hmm. and the the muscles on the side of my neck were so so sore for a week afterwards and so it's just something that's like funny enough that people aren't going to really take it seriously until i suppose day 10 they take you to the mm -hmm. hospital but yeah, yeah. painful and annoying enough that he absolutely deserves it and so i was like thinking oh. i was like there must be just like some some clan of witches somewhere that doesn't believe in like true violence doesn't want to actually like give him a disease or kill him or anything like that they just want to deeply inconvenience him and they're just doing work <laughs> right now around some sort of like little you know shrine to anti-shrine to bolsonaro yeah. oh, just yeah. saying you know give him the hiccups i mean it's it's he is a guy who was um i feel like before he actually uh is uh soundly beaten by lula uh, is going to end up in a full body cast being wheeled around by a sexy nurse. I'm very excited for that. 100%. Um, and, he's, <laughs> and he's just convincing everybody that the wheelchair is not real. Uh, and actually, he's uh, ambulatory and playing playing squash. Um, and that what they see, it's their lying eyes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, so let's, let's talk a little bit more about... Uh, there's something I also want to talk about from Britain as well. Uh, this is a Britain corner. Um, as you know, uh, football did not come home, uh, which is, I'm very frustrated about that football didn't come home. But uh, the, um, a, a man named Charlie Perry has captured the hearts of the British nation. You may have seen him. Uh, he was uh, pictured with a flare in his bum. Uh, <laughs> he was the man who you, the man who you, and, and you, you Canadians and Americans who like to listen to this podcast, May have seen on 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 Twitter a picture being circulated of a man with a flare in his asshole, uh, lit of course, um, mm -hmm. to celebrate uh, England just getting to the final, if not even winning at the final. Um, his his day's schedule has been released, uh, and I think uh, this is going to be very instructive for the people who are listening to this who may understand England conceptually, but may not be that familiar with it on a day to day basis. Um, Charlie Perry. Uh, a 25-year-old uh, in a Louis Vuitton bucket hat uh, from uh, sort of the um, from Kingston uh, in uh, sort of the east bit, the west bits of sort of like suburban London, uh, starts boozing 8:30 a.m. Okay. Uh, over the course of the day, drinks 20 tall cans of Strongbow cider. Okay, um, his it, poor pants. That's that's a lot of sugar. It, well, he's able to keep going because he bangs three grams of of powder. Yes. Which is, 
fantastic. Um, there it is. He says he stuck the lick flare up his ass to cheer people up after COVID, which it worked. So <laughs> it's hit after hit. And then um, bribed a steward, to, a steward to sneak into the Euros final. Uh, and when asked for a comment, he says, I'm not sorry. I was off my face and I loved every minute of it. <laughs> King. He's like that Australian teen that had the huge house party. He's a legend. It's yeah. great. I love him. Yeah, he's, people are just like, aren't you sad? Don't you think you reflect poorly on uh, Turf Island? And he's just like, yes. no, I had an incredible time, uh, and I will never apologize for this. And you got to hand it to him. Just what, looking at footage of that, and then attached to that was footage of what what I'm assuming was three um, kind of stocky British men men's asses like all piled on top of each other and somebody pouring a cascade of lager down the down the respective cracks like uh yeah uh, yeah so for one day i was like oh it's like it's like palma's feed has taken over uh <laughs> has taken over like an entire country's <laughs> worth of posting yeah that, i think i think like you cannot emphasize you cannot emphasize enough the extent to which um when British people get drunk, they just do stuff for Palma's feet. Yeah. <laughs> like one of the most famous, like drunk British legend pictures is of is of a I'm gonna spoil it. You can see the guy's butthole in the picture. <laughs> but he's a guy who also is like strike heterosexual to his very bones. And it's again, it's like I think I think someone I don't know which club scored. I think it was someone in club football had scored. Um, and then he celebrated it by getting butthole naked and crowd surfing across a group of, 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 yes. of everyone in the pub. <laughs> and yes. then the way he's positioned, his legs are up and out. So you see his his balls is his balls like flapping back onto his like <laughs> lower abdomen, and you see his butthole like dilated. <laughs> you could give him a that's colonoscopy they, if you fuck, needed to from that photo. That's what they photo. need to do to Bolsonaro. That's how they fix. Yes. That's how you fix Bolsonaro. <laughs> You get the Bolsonaro supporters down there. You throw a party for him. You throw him up in the air, spread his legs as wide as possible. Get that asshole dilated and uh, relieve some of the pressure, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, here's uh, <laughs> one, one last thing, um, which is while I was looking into this before we get into sort of uh, Calgary, uh, is that... Um, there are some pundits are suggesting that uh, an early election may be in the offing for Canada. Hooray. Um, yeah. As uh, Trudeau, <laughs> Trudeau has kicked off his uh, sort of pre campaign campaign by uh, visiting a door, a screen door factory. In <laughs> Is, oh, uh, I think you mean a Polish submarine factory. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. the Canadian submarine factory. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, uh, uh, oh, he please. like, uh, he, he came out here and, and uh, shout out to Jeremy Appel of The Sprawl here in Calgary, who uh, uh, got an opportunity to interview him and was just like, uh, you haven't done any of the good things that you said you would. Uh, what do you say to people who just don't trust you from the left? <laughs> and he's just like, oh, well, uh, you know, uh, it's hard uh, being in government and easy to say things. And it's like, OK, thank you. Yeah, it's so easy to say things. I yeah. say things as a job, like mm -hmm. multiple times a day. 
Yeah, I, I'm actually very surprised that uh, he's still the leader. Just the maybe pre-vibe uh, or maybe the vibe pre-COVID. I was sure that they were racing Christy Freeland through some of the marquee jobs uh, and grooming her because they didn't want to do another election of uh, Trudeau blackface pictures, of which there almost certainly be more come out. Oh, um, definitely. But maybe he was just steady enough during COVID to kind of save him for this one. I, I thought he'd be yeah. back. I thought he'd be back maybe in cabinet, but uh, yeah, give up the leadership. I think you're totally right. Like I, I nope. think that wave of um, bizarre, just like non sequitur PR uh, pieces that came out about Freeland uh, at the, like at the start of the pandemic um, kind of pointed yeah. in that direction. It was just like, what, like why is Politico doing an article about how Christia Freeland is great, but and friends with David Frum, you know, why do yeah, we need to really she self-evidently is dan jeez <laughs> yeah. we did a whole podcast about how like <laughs> she's amazing for monument building that's memorializing true. things yeah uh she supports various battalions <laughs> no yeah every uh, in the heart of every canadian is actually a small ukrainian begging to get out um and she will come and uh and kind of rapture us into our true canadian uh, true ukrainian form um it's gonna be great i can't wait um God bless the Ukraine and God bless uh, West Ukraine or Canada. <laughs> that's right. yeah, exactly. What, I mean, I think that, that's a good episode title. God bless West Ukraine. God bless West <laughs> um, uh, So, yeah, look, uh, I think it's, it's, it's interesting that the Tories are kind of split between 38% in Alberta um, and that the Tories are at only 38% in Alberta because like a bunch of other people now are going to like the various trigger the libs parties. Like the People's Party or the Wexit Party or whatever, because the Tories, uh, because the Tories had the op in Canada had the opportunity to not be cucked. They had the opportunity to like seize the Jason Kenney moment and then keep going with it. Uh, but then, and that was going to be if they elected Maxime Bernier, I think, as the head of the party. But then they didn't. They basically stayed as the party of like never Trump Republicans and stuff. Um, and uh, everyone ha and everyone hates them basically as much as everyone hates Trudeau. So I look, I think. A sclerotic and unchangeable political system where generally the main thing is that most people kind of hate it and aren't really attached to any of the big players. I think that's just going to keep going forever and nothing's going to come in and disrupt it. Uh, yeah. The party yeah. that will win will always be the party uh, that people hear about the least. And I think Justin Trudeau yeah. really embraced that over the last year uh, where, you know, there was uh, provincial governments who were, you know, uh, actively just, you know, sitting on their ass and letting people die in, you know, by the dozen. And Trudeau was just like, well, it's not my jurisdiction. So I think he's firmly grasped the fact that as long as people don't think about him, he can probably hold on to his job. Yeah, uh, not not my horse, not my stampede. Yeah, <laughs> I think is uh, is what he was quoted as saying. Yeah, um, but it's a it's a big it's a big big times for Calgary at the moment. Oh um, yeah, it's, yes, it's always uh, it's always at a real frenetic pace here uh, in <laughs> how badly we can fuck things up on every conceivable level. Yeah, so I mean, look, when I was sort of doing a little bit of um, I was doing a little bit of uh, uh, of reading into this. The the Calgary Greater Downtown Plan is uh, a very interesting, very diverting little bit of uh, literature here. It is, and uh. you know that a city has a big, bright future ahead. You know that you know that it is a city on the grow when the uh, then the the text of its downtown strategy contains the following sentence: 
our best days are still ahead. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> just firmly uh, uh, playing. We're the band on the, the Titanic right now. Um, oh, yeah. Calgary is super fucked. Uh, I think if you guys are in your you guys are in your cities right now, and I think you can. Uh, can you guys walk to a grocery store? This is yeah. My uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, are you kidding? I go down the Tesco all the time and get yeah, you the go mobile down the Tesco. Uh, the majority yeah. of people in Calgary cannot. Um, I always think about uh, living in Sapperton in uh, New Westminster, which is like just outside of Vancouver. Um, and there was a there was a fucking grocery store, and on top of it, it had apartments. Um, and that kind of configuration is completely alien to Calgary, Alberta, um, where our uh, downtown core is completely alienated from. Uh, from residents almost entirely there's sporadic little little places but kind of a half half split completely wrong so when your tax base when your tax split is like trying to maintain 50 50 uh commercial uh residential and everybody leaves the goddamn city um all of a sudden you have no money to spend on things so that's uh, that's kind of an american American city planning model, you know, I've noticed that a lot on touring, it, like when I've been touring, especially in the, in the West, in the West part of the country, like, you know, you'll go to, uh, you'll be playing somewhere in the downtown, maybe somewhere historic that used to be part of a thriving, like multi sort of mixed community of like business, arts, commerce, whatever. And you'll want to go get some food and it will be impossible. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, everything uh, shuts down at nine. Uh, everything yeah. shuts down at nine p.m. or earlier, and uh, you're just living in like a series of food deserts. And yeah, it's extraordinarily uh, brutal. The the economic influence from uh, Houston and Dallas really uh, shows up in our city planning. Um, yeah, that's there was, was no gonna... city I felt. Yeah, Houston feels very Calgary-ish. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, now you may say all of that, but I've just looked at this strategy again. And while they admit that there's no easy fix to downtown Calgary's challenges, um, did you know that they're committed to bringing back, bring, uh, coming back stronger using grit and determination? So I think you guys must both be pretty embarrassed right now because yeah. you forgot about the grit and the determination. No, we have uh, we have lots of grit because um, it's very dry here. The relative humidity <laughs> is really dry. So um, <laughs> even though you're not living in a desert, uh, any time the wind whips up to over 15 kilometers an hour, uh, mm-hmm. you will have grit and sand uh, in your eyes, um, making uh-huh. this uh, you know a place that all all weather effects uh, hurt your skin and body, and you question why you live here. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean. As I mean, as look, look, I, I'm gonna. I haven't opened up my Bloomberg terminal since 2015, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure the reason that you live here and the reason that there are so many sort of you know why downtown is such a thrumming, vibrant place is the high oil prices, right? Yes. Yeah, and yeah, okay. uh, uh, yeah, the high oil prices um, that uh, dip below. You see, it's a it's a thing that human inv- uh, humans invented uh, so that it uh, oil prices uh, ruin our lives every uh, two to three years. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> every two to three years, people lose their houses, but uh, oil companies get to pare down their payroll uh, and then come back and make uh, more profits. Um, but mm-hmm. this time, uh, this time around, has been really, really great because uh, we've also just uh, kind of handed them so much in uh, corporate tax breaks, specifically for the oil majors, uh, that they're forced to dedicate entire paragraphs um, to. Uh, entire paragraphs in their quarterly and yearly uh, filings saying we're very profitable this year because the government didn't get make us pay taxes. It was great. 
<laughs> yeah, well, look, if, if, the can- if Canada makes the major oil producers in Alberta pay taxes, then that oil will get more expensive, and then Canadian and American um, purchasers of oil might purchase unethical oil. It's true. If you you get, want that. If you bring in oil from Iran, uh, turn it into petrochemicals that uh, are burned or turned into plastic, you will actually become a Muslim and a revolutionary yeah. one at that. So yeah, you, you can't have it. You, will you be, can't have it. Yeah. yeah. Why do you think there are so many people who have Hezbollah shirts? It's you, true. You get one with every barrel. Yeah. You uh, you yeah. honestly, you you can't walk down in downtown Calgary anymore without running into like a Hamas sleeper cell. It's getting really grim. <laughs> so um, I want to talk a little bit, right, about Calgary's downtown, because I think it is it's it's an interesting. I mean, it, it's not just interesting. It's also quite you know upsetting. Um, but th- there is essentially that the city has sort of two successive i mean three successive crises in a period of about 10 years um sort of more a little more than 10 years but the the sort of the the housing crisis followed by the oil price crisis followed by the covid crisis has now meant that uh calgary's downtown vacancy rate has gone from a quarter in 2017 to now over a third um in 2021 that means one third of the uh commercial space in downtown calgary is just vacant it's just empty. Um, it's ready to be occupied by the house, the, by the guys from that band. Uh, what's they called, Dan? Unpleasant? Uh, Crew, crass. Crass, yeah. <laughs> Unpleasant. Yeah, crass. They're ready to be occupied yeah. by the crass guys. Famous, famous oh, crass. Every, every floor. Unple- Johnny Unpleasant. Yeah, every building... Every building can cram in, like, successive original lineups of the polyphonic spree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh... The the office property values declined by like sort of um sixteen billion, uh you know probably even more by now. The last numbers I have for property values are from a couple of years ago, um and basically what this meant, as you said earlier, Clinton, right, is there are uh there's the tax base is lower, which and but in the tax base is lower, the demand for the products coming out of Calgary is less, and so basically we just have this. We have a city that is kind of, without anyone acknowledging it, entering a period of managed decline. Yep. Right. It's and it's uh, it's interesting that you talk about the compounding problems too, because uh, one of the major issues facing the commercial, uh, like obviously, there's just companies leaving and companies downsizing by the you know dozens. There's companies uh, inverting. Like we gave a whole bunch of money to, I believe. Um, I want to say in Canada or TC or something, and they're just like, thank you, laid a whole bunch of people off and moved their headquarters, like inverted it to Colorado for, you know, even better tax cuts. Um, and Jason Kenney has not really, you know, got up there and been like, I just gave you all this money. Why are you leaving now? He's he's really glazed over it. Mm-hmm. Well, I heard I heard from I heard from Max Fawcett that uh, Jason Kenney is actually a socialist. Yeah, no. Um, Max Fawcett, uh, uh, I believe, is an illiterate, but uh, he uh, is wrong about that um, and is wrong about most things. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I suppose too much Fawcett. Yeah, I, I, I believe Max is referring to the fact that he actually did like one or two things to make it so people didn't die of like an infectious lung disease, um, mm-hmm. which is so. Which, as we've learned in the the Communist Manifesto, is socialism. Um, yeah, socialism is one government. Democracy is one vote. That's right. That's right. Uh, yeah. Is when vote and when money. Um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah. So that was all. Uh, 
Calgary, yeah, it's been, it's been interesting because Calgary uh, is so miserable to get around and the transit is so bad and they keep building roads, but they keep just filling up because when you build a road, it fills up that um, <laughs> people got so mad about like going into the downtown core that there's been these multiple like mini downtown cores that have have been attempted so there's also like just a ton of commercial space around the downtown core Mm -hmm. so people don't have to occupy the downtown core which like there's there's more empty bays and stores and Mm -hmm. uh, and floors of buildings than i've ever seen anywhere and you just walk downtown like at a lunchtime when you expect places to like empty out and fill restaurants and even even post-covid it's uh, or even even like with covid you'd expect way more people Mm -hmm. there it's just it's uh it's fairly it's it's a it's a really weird weird place and i do not know what the city will do to pay its bills (laughs) (laughs) uh surely they have the the, they have the money printer um Uh, yes they just can't do any (laughs) deficit spending or uh uh, have any cool ways to raise money Mm. oh well no because no no canadian no canadian province or city could ever do any kind of deficit spending of course uh Mm -hmm. because that would go against the rules that are there uh, uh, and are set by the federal. Go- now I, I forget. I forget who they are generally. It's set by God, I assume. Doesn't matter. Uh, that are why none of these things can have. Yeah, doesn't matter. Um, so a, an article from a couple of years ago looked at the four four buildings that are empty: uh, the Nexon Building, the old Chamber of Commerce Building, the Lougheed Building. It's not Lougheed, but Lougheed. And then the old SNC, the old SNC Lavalin place. <laughs> you kids don't play near the old SNC Lavalin place. It's haunted. I told you kids to stay away from the old Lavalin place, didn't I tell you? Now you've done it. <laughs> if you actually, if you spend an entire night in the SNC Lavalin building, uh, you wake up and the federal government actually gives you some money. It's fucking weird. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, if you spend a night in the SNC Lavalin building, you do wake up to a large inheritance, but the inheritance is given to you in a suitcase by an executive <laughs> who's hurrying away. That's right. Um, and it was very funny that at the time, to- at the time, to- so this was from uh, 2017. I was looking at this back then. Uh, a a research manager for a property investment firm said, "Actually, uh, <laughs> I said actually, it's quite unusual in any office market to see an entire major office building entirely empty." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was a, actually a, um, in 2010 or 2011 or something. The the building boom here was so crazy. They were building skyscrapers and they were building all sorts of shit. Their houses to beat hell, subdivision after subdivision. But they were also building just like a like even to an outside observer, just a strange amount of hotels um to the Mm -hmm. point where an association of uh of hotel uh managers and and owners and stuff like that uh issued like a memo to uh construction and development companies uh thinking about building hotels in the calgary region to fucking stop because the supply was so high and everything's just sitting empty um because Mm -hmm. unless you're here for the stampede there's there's not many there's not a whole heck of a lot of tourism out here that doesn't just spend a night in town and then leave to go to the mountains right no of course can i ask does this having any impact on um sort of residential rent in calgary or is that totally decoupled from what's happening downtown residential vacant uh rent rental vacancies are uh uh maybe adjusting a little bit downwards vacancies certainly up mostly just because there's uh, a lot of people leaving um there's uh, but other than that i mean the real estate market here to purchase condos and single family homes and stuff like that is just still absolutely bad shit 
Um, like, uh-huh. like for no, like, why do you have, why do you have a Toronto style real estate market uh, when everything here is shutting down and everybody's laying people off? It's just, there's just a lot of wealth sloshing around here uh, from all over the place. You know, there's, you're not just competing to buy places with, with other families or other people and stuff like that. You're, you're, you know, black rocks coming to, to purchase shit. Everybody mm-hmm. wants an infill. So things are just getting torn down and, you know, a $350,000 place that somebody might renovate or whatever is just being turned into $1.2 million places in areas that, that can't, can't swing it. It's, it's, very very strange to see like boom time uh uh real estate markets and rent and somewhat rental markets uh, in a significant downturn um the prices of the commodities are kind of coming back up to a place where canada uh, canadian oil can be profitable um but at the same time when that happens there's so much um like say like um northern united states uh 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 shale oil capacity that can be just flipped on with a switch and then everything gets flooded mm-hmm. again. So everybody's kind of looking at the, uh, kind of looking at the, the, what they believe to be the end times for it. But I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Well, it's bizarre. I mean, one of the things I think it's worth, it's worth pointing out, right. From one of the things you were saying initially, right. Which is, yeah, no, we're still have a Toronto style real estate market is that um, uh, I think it's very clear that, uh, the sort of the the law of supply and demand uh, and price only really works if you're a company. Yes, you don't really get to benefit from an oversupply. You don't really get to benefit from like your area becoming less economically vibrant and therefore house prices going down. You don't really get to benefit from that as like a guy. Yeah, as a person, <laughs> you know, you have to. You should incorporate if you because then yeah, because office space is very price flexible. Houses just have to go up. They can only go up. That's true. Um. Because, because partly because our political set, settlement is built on it, but also partly because you know an off a a, 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 a an office a, a company has very few attachments. It can move around quite fluidly, but um, you have a, you need a place to live, and you need a place to live and maybe raise kids or whatever. So uh, fuck you. It's one point two million dollars now. If you don't like it, you can always uh, go live in one of those abandoned office buildings. Ah, uh, you can't do that. We will throw you out. You can move to Claire's home, Alberta, and uh, do nothing. I I uh, took advantage of that kind of solution in the early 2000s in Montreal by um, living in the giant commercial real estate uh, uh, rehearsal space that uh, Wolfraid had for a while. <laughs> hey, and that's going to be what Calgary's going to be like soon. If you don't mind <laughs> bathing in a communal sink, then uh, you're fucking golden, man. Yeah, uh, I'm the, I, I got a uh, I got a one year old and a three year old, and we'll uh, we'll bathe them there too. And they'll be I'm sure they'll be <laughs> chill with it. It'll be a fun adventure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, in fact, there are now projects to convert empty downtown office towers into affordable housing, completely um, risk free for the developer. Come back to Calgary, convert your place, and by God, the city's going to take on every bit of risk that there might be. It's going to be great. I'm. And but more than that, right? Um, the idea that like there are lots of houses around Calgary, the people that want to live there, none of them can be affordable because if the price doesn't keep going up, then the political settlement falls apart. So what we're going to do is is and it seems I think a quite clever idea initially to be like, well, we have all this unused office uh, space. Why don't we convert that into housing? So for example, Sierra Place is now going to be uh, converted into uh, affordable housing for vulnerable populations. Four floors set aside for uh, sh- as a shelter. 
And the thing is, um, as someone who lives uh, in the country that uh, sort of invented turning disused office space into affordable housing, I can tell you that that is a terrible idea. <laughs> um, offices, for example, really known for their uh, livability. Uh, I'll give you a few examples of why offices are great uh, for living in. Uh, outside space, tons of it. I love to opening a window. It's perfect. Um, insul- yeah, floor to uh, uh, floor to ceiling glass. Uh, very easy to keep warm uh, in the winter that sometimes reaches you know minus thirty five. Yeah, absolutely. Very simple. Um, also, uh, access even to the glass. You know, a room, a, a house with a window that doesn't open. You might not even have a window. Um, usually constructed to terrible standards, paper thin dry drywall. Um, uh, houses, in fact, in the UK, uh, there was a this trend that are now sort of trying to stop of um, ex office buildings, right, being turned into affordable housing that were then called rabbit hutch homes. Um, because if you're converting if you're converting office buildings into housing, it fell under something called permitted development, which basically meant that it's like a kind of it's kind of like you're it's it's you you're Super Mario and you've grabbed the star, um, but you're a property developer. Basically means nothing can hurt you and no rules apply to you. That rules. So I would love you I would love like, to have that. Yeah. <laughs> so it basically means you can be like, yeah, I'm just gonna I'm just not going to put a kitchen in this one. <laughs> it's like, oh, there's nothing we can do. <laughs> Dorm living. Yeah, we also have a we also have a new brand new beautiful parkade just on the side uh just near the Stampede grounds and uh it was uh and they're they're very much touting it as uh, a, a a real turning point for commercial real estate in Calgary because it can it was designed to be easily converted into condos if need be. Mm. That's Oh, oh, good. That's their language. Excellent. It's just like that just we're going to place case. cars here until we can make more money selling selling this place as condos, and it looks like shit. Like it looks horrible. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, and it's like directly next to like a a, a, a power substation, uh, mm-hmm. and across right. the street from all the like necessary all, across the street from like a whole bunch of like really necessary infrastructure Look, for Clinton. the homeless in town. <laughs> Clinton, 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 Clinton. It's you're saying it's that, that it's next to a power substation as though that's a bad thing. Yeah. But you're saving these people money on a white noise generator for when they sleep. <laughs> yeah. So okay. I've, I've played the video game Infamous 2. Some of those kids are going to get superpowers. Yeah. I was no, going to so, say. Oh, sorry, that's... You don't want your kid to get superpowers. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's a little thing no, called I... beneficial raise. It's, uh, they're, yeah, they're exactly. But I can't have these kids getting superpowers or else uh, the state won't have a monopoly on violence anymore. And then how do I get them yeah. to go to work at A&W? Yeah, well, okay, well, the cops are going to have to move by the generators. Look, everyone's going to have to get superpowers. Yeah, okay. And then we're still going to get our teen burger. No one um, said revitalizing yeah. downtown Calgary was going to be simple, you know? like. <laughs> yeah, first we have to figure out a <laughs> look, way to get everybody superpowers. Ah, this, this is labor-intensive, you know? Look, look, look. You don't revitalize a downtown with, without making a few of the flash. <laughs> All right, you're gonna get a useless Aquaman who lives in Calgary. Yeah. Do you think places like uh, Pittsburgh and Cincinnati? Uh, do you think that they came back from the brink of being Rust Belt decline cities without the Speed Force? No. <laughs> Fools. Yeah, without the Speed Force, a number you can text to buy Speed 24 hours a day. 
you know, if you want to, if you want it, it gives you the energy of cocaine, but none of the good feeling. That's right. If you want to, if you want to cry some glass, call Speed Force. <laughs> so, um, so this is all sort of wrapped in right to this idea that uh, several levels of government, Calgary, Alberta, Canada, the private sector. Yeah, uh, an absolute Captain Planet of suck. Yeah, are going to oh god, are going to back a Komatsu dump truck up to uh, downtown Calgary and just tip a billion dollars into it. Oh man, it's gonna be it's gonna be goddamn incredible. There, and it it's gonna at the end of it, they're just gonna have like a bunch of apartments with just like asbestos leaking out of the roof and like yes. one new bike lane, and everybody will be like, where did all the money go? <laughs> oh, I love Meanwhile, this it, no, it went to the it went to the guy who stayed overnight at the SNC Lavalin place. <laughs> Calgary he it in a briefcase. Yeah, exactly. A place that loves its developers so much that they'll let their let the mayor get sued if he uh, calls a developer uh, a disparaging term for Italian mobsters. Or no, actually, I think he just <laughs> called them a mobster. That actually happened in in, in Calgary. The sound of that. Um, Dump truck full of a billion dollars of municipal money backing up, getting ready to uh, dispense its payload is has been like kind of like the bat signal for grifters too. like I was I was reading up on um, Canada's uh, Canada's Hyperloop company Transpod uh, has been going on a full PR campaign about their their Hyperloop between Calgary and Edmonton. <laughs> we can't even talk shit about them because that's transphobic. But the, the, uh, no, see, Calgary is very innovative, though, because back in the 90s, you had to do like an end run. Right. So instead of just like giving the money to the developers, what you had to do was be a developer, uh, stop being a developer to become a mayor, uh, buy a whole bunch of land along roads that you knew would get new transit infrastructure, uh, push that transit infrastructure bill through, build a new train. Uh, and then sell all the land uh, for the train to the city that you currently run as mayor. Um, that mm-hmm. was uh, Dave Brancagne, and uh, he, you know, he he did it the old way. He did it the hard way. He did it the bootstrapping, you know, old stock Albertan way. Um, and now, you know, kids kids today they don't know how good they have it. Where their city council will actually just uh, bring the money printer to uh, the developer's house um, mm-hmm. and. Uh, put it directly into their pool, um, so yeah. that they well, can no, screw it's, it's, it's like um, it's it's. I I always thought that what they do is they they have like uh, if you ever you ever you've ever have you ever been the birthday boy, um, when you were younger? Have I had a birthday? Um, yeah, and been taken yes. to uh, like for example, a Charles Entertainment Cheese. Yes, uh, or, yes, uh, yes, one of these as well. Of course, t- towards the end of your birth of being the birthday boy, um, what you get is uh, you get put in a little pod. Yeah, and they turn on a switch. And you just grab as much money as you can. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the thing is, this money is, is exchangeable for um, a limited number of goods and services, such as uh, an eraser yeah. um, or, uh, a, you know, a um, sticky like, hand. A, like a gel hand. Yeah, yeah sticky yeah, hand. Sticky hand. Hell that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so I think you would, the, the Calgary now, the, the, instead of having to like make that plan of, well, I'm going to buy all of these things in this order and so on, they just, they just put the guy in one of those. And it's like, all right, just take yeah, the thing. Absolutely. Um, it's like, if you wanted to make an apartment master, please do so. 
<laughs> I, w- please, just w- just one, just one, uh, just one unit. Please, just one. Yeah, unit. One of the worst, <laughs> one of the worst developers in the town. Uh, I have a special uh, hard on for him because he took over like the um, one of the uh, uh, best. Uh, like small theaters in the city uh, that had a, mm-hmm. uh, one of the best bars in the city called the Marquee Room attached to it. And um, I had, at first I thought I'd saw I'd seen Wolf Parade there, but it was actually uh, Sunset Rubdown I saw there. Um, and go. they took it and it was this beautiful old building that looked like it was straight out of Bioshock. And they're just like, we're going to turn this into condos. And they just sat on it like kind of like scraping at the ground and the floors for like god it's got to be mm-hmm. going on 13 years now um just doing mm-hmm. fucking nothing with like one of the most beautiful buildings in the town this guy was so beloved this developer was so beloved that he in one of the uh, richest actually at uh, one of the richest areas in the city, one of the richest postal codes in the country. Somebody just shot him on his fucking driveway, <laughs> like just started <laughs> shooting into his BMW, just like a random, just like a, like a, yes. A, a, and they never they they really hushed that one up because uh, it was just that was his only thing is that he was just like a shitbox developer. Um, I love that he's such a pillar like, of the community that someone tries to find me and kill me. <laughs> yeah, yeah insane incredible it's what he seems to have done is he seems to have taken over this sort of beloved uh, one of the few reasons you might want to say go to a downtown is the fact that it has like theaters and bars things you can enjoy with other people just took it and was like it's gone now but i'm only gonna hire mafia guys doing no show and no work jobs i'm not gonna actually do anything he just turned off the heat and uh said and and was just like i'm not gonna turn it back on until you guys leave there uh uh, and the the t- um, the owners of the Uptown Theater at the time were just like, okay, well, I guess we're not going to show movies to people who are freezing cold. Uh, you win. <laughs> but the guys who owned it were like previous lawyers. They extracted a whole bunch of money from that fucker before closing it down. Yeah. Well, hey, you know what? Good. Yeah. Uh, also, but on on band names, anytime I hear a band name, I'm just always reminded that I, I, I of why I like techno because everything has names uh, like um you know, the. One nine zero two zero nine point one. Much simpler, mm-hmm. easier to remember. Mm-hmm. None of this nonsense English words. Hey, if we're talking <laughs> about amazing, if we're talking about amazing band names. Let's talk about uh, a very early, like, um, God, two thousand five era dance punk band in Calgary named Sudden Infant Dance Syndrome. Yes, <laughs> Bless those guys. Yeah. No. No. Solid. No pun. Techno. Techno. No puns. It's all. It's. It's just. It's all called. It's called stuff like. Uh. You know. Um. Uh, 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 it's either called a series of numbers, or it's called something like a spatial a spatial thesis um, uh, synthesis, or something like this. I think that's great. It's much easier to remember. If you're making Down Temple Electronica and you can be Googled, you fucked up. Yeah, yeah. You gotta <laughs> name your band after like a rare earth mineral and then change the spelling. <laughs> <laughs> but you're thinking something like uh, lithium with a Y. Yes. Yep. Yeah. That's the that's no, the no, second I'm... wave feminist feminist lithium. You gotta argon, throw argon with no there. vowels. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I would listen to arg to be I would listen to argon with no vowels at like Watergate. I, I okay. Uh, anyway, sorry. I'm 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 um I've I, I've I've got techno on the brain because I bought a bunch of tickets to a bunch of of, uh, of events. So I'm just I'm just thinking about my beloved beat boops. Uh, back to Calgary. Um. So, 
Here's a little bit more of the uh, dump truck of a billion dollars that they're dumping on the city. Uh, two, two, $200 million of it has been allocated thus far. And, and by the way, like I'm all for dumping big piles of money onto cities for them to do good municipal stuff. It's just when you see who's kind of really happy about this, <laughs> about this activity, you'll see why this is a bit suspect. The city plan includes $45 million for incentives for existing office space to convert to residential, redevelop, or look at adaptive use. So $45 million just uh, for a developer's please fund. Yeah. Please. 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 Uh, I'm begging you. Uh, can you please make an incubator here or some sort uh-huh. of innovation lab? Uh, <laughs> yeah. We have a bunch of those innovation uh, labs. Is, That'll be delightful. This is just basically oh, yeah. Those, they, those always go where there's cheap real estate. This is just basically what they call bakshish in the Balkans. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> You're literally just greasing what does the wheel. Mean? It's just a yeah, bribe. Yeah, yeah, it's a straight yeah, up bribe. Uh, I, I it's love, a bribe to get things done. I remember. I remember that was like one of the first kind of revelations I had. Like when I was a teenager, I was just somebody was opening like an innovation space or something like that, and I remember being a teenager and be like, "That sounds like bullshit." <laughs> and I've thought that ever since. Every time I see like innovation fund or like incubation center or some garbage like that, I'm just like, "Oh, somebody's just." just buying a new house and they want the money from the city this this you know it's 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 potemkin activity it has the look and feel of a place that's doing something (laughs) and 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 if you're if you're sort of casually looking you know uh, some kind of an innovation lab uh, looks like it's actually making a thing and what it's actually doing is it's like part of a complex network of like um, of agreements between like a company and a municipality where it's like, we're going to start our innovation lab here. We're never going to pay you any taxes, but people are going to come work on it. And they're the kinds of like, they're Banana Republic wearing people. They're yeah. the people you want yeah. in your downtown. They'll patronize your identical coffee shops. You know, that sort of seems to be the deal. And then of course, yeah. Innovation Lab is the paper mache kielbasa that uh, Chichescu drives by and sees for about 2.5 seconds and says, good, things are going well. so uh five million to offset contributions to the plus 15 fund which as i understand it is like that's that the city is going to spend 15 million dollars uh building the bridges that are between the different uh towers yeah this one offset contributions to the plus 15 fund for residential developments i don't know what the fuck that means because the plus 15 is just that. It's just a series of hallways that make it so that when you want to go from one building to the next, which in Calgary means you want to go from your shitty office building to one that has uh, a fucking OPA or a subway in it, um, you just don't have to go outside and get hit with, you know, the disgusting wind or rain or, you know, mm-hmm. breathe fresh air um, or people rolling coal. Um, you know, and so that, like that one, I, I read that and I was just like offset contribution. So you gave 5 million to, uh, repair the plus 15s cause they're all 60 years old and you just want to plus 15 fund for residential. I guess they want to link in residential developments into the plus yeah. 15 fund. I guess well, I, I think the idea, the idea is that the, if these, cause if the first 45 million is for existing office space to convert to like either innovation labs yeah. or residential, some of that is going to need to have the plus 15s maintained. And when usually, and an offset to a contribution would usually be, for example, that if you have, if your char, if if all of the buildings or certain buildings pay into a pot to maintain bridges between them, then this would offset those contributions. 
is what I can see. I mean, that money, um, that money's eventually just going to make its way into the Calgary Police Service uh, thing anyway, because the plus 15s are primarily used uh, by uh, unhoused populations trying not to freeze to death uh, before the CPS uh-huh. comes and rouses them at 4 a.m. to go back outside and freeze to death. So they need uh, that they need town. that fund to build the killbots that will occupy the entrance yeah. and exit of each of those uh, suspended sort of corridors. That's right, Calgary, uh, an innovator in robotics, uh, robotic rousing of the unhoused uh, to make sure that they uh, go outside in the snow and lose some toes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so let's see some of the other things they have. They have the, the downtown vibrancy program. Bullshit. <laughs> Complete bullshit. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, again, it's like, it's as far as I can tell, it's the, it's, it's the Cypress Creek ad from the Simpsons where like, you know, uh, somebody ought to build a town that works. Someone did. And then a homeless guy turns into a mailbox. <laughs> like that's just like $55 million to like build a town that works Cypress Creek style. Say the future of Stephen Avenue. And again, it's always telling, right? When you can see what they're thinking of when they think of a town that works. Um, what they're think- when they look at the f- future of Stephen Avenue, it's, again, glass-covered office buildings and uh, people in professional clothes walking, walking around them on a bright, sun- a bright summer day. Yeah. Uh, the downtown West Promenade. Again, and like the-, the figures in this slide presentation I'm looking at are all like white, not Caucasian figures. They're just like white, blank figures. But again, you know what they mean. Yeah. Yeah, like we're gonna. It's gonna be white people here. Don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, Stephen yeah. Avenue is this idea that Calgary had for an outdoor, like pl- outdoor, like mall plaza. But it's, uh, I mean, it's it's just a place where there's a whole bunch of like McDonald's and Subways and uh, small restaurants that will soon be turned into a cactus club. Like it's uh, every time it's just like this is a, a a real image of our you know uh, vibrant capital that that looks great and it's just like it's just a street. Like it it wouldn't it wouldn't it wouldn't pass as like the third best Kensington market type place outside of Toronto. Like it, it's fine. <laughs> you really see this replicated on a, on, on like a smaller level too out West. Um, I'm, I'm thinking about Nanaimo right now, which has an incredibly high per capita um, unhoused population. They've been dumping money into the municipal police budget. They've set up a system of uh, fences to kind of uh, route people through the downtown. And uh, the city's big plan right now to deal Mm -hmm. with this is to build a, I believe it's a $68 million project to build a fucking causeway around the harbor. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. yeah, just like this sort of downtown revitalization, uh, well ignoring structural and material problems with your municipality yeah and and calgary actually has like a a couple of like really um really great uh uh, homeless shelters um but they happen to occupy some of the best uh and most attractive real estate in in the in the city um and i think you'll start seeing uh significant uh pushes to get them out uh the mustard seed which is run by like i don't know one of the cabinet members dads or something like that um That'll get pushed out because it's in Victoria Park. Uh, Alpha House, we shut down all of our, uh, like a bunch of um, safe injection sites in Alberta. Um, and That's now right. they want to make Alpha House uh, in Calgary, right by the Stampede Grounds, a safe injection center. So I think this is almost certainly uh, just a Trojan horse to uh, make people hate Alpha House even more than they do already uh, so that they can get that land back because it is certainly mm-hmm. some of the most desire- desirable in the entire city. Um, 
and that's why I think you see some some like uh, initiatives in here for in from the cold to start to be involved in building transition and affordable housing, so that the city can point to those things as their continued uh, ded dedication to the out unhoused, while uh, you know systematically dismantling the good infrastructure that we have for them. Yeah, well, yeah, of course, because especially like, and I'm talk I'm talking to you from like the capital of places that have like fake affordable housing projects yeah. that happen in them. Yeah. You know, where like there's um there are housing developments where like the affordable units will still cost seven hundred and fifty thousand pounds. Yeah. Uh so that's like one point three million Canadian dollars is an affordable unit. It's like a two bedroom. And is there any and legislation you, saying that people can't just buy them and rent them out? Like, is this just like small well, time landlords getting can. to buy cheap units? <laughs> well, I know, those still aren't cheap units, even by the standards of here. But number two is like they will the developers of these um, buildings. I'm thinking of one in Battersea in particular. Um, they'll like create a whole bunch of very opulent like entrance lobbies. Like there's one where there's like a swimming pool. That's like fifty, like fifty stories, maybe thirty stories up uh, between two buildings. One, yeah. yeah, but like if you're living in one of the poor people ones that costs only one point two million pounds dollars uh, equivalent in pounds, uh, then you can't use any of that stuff. Yeah, and you got to use the you're, poor door. Yeah, you got to use the poor door. You can't <laughs> swim in the death pool. <laughs> yeah. But you get to see it, um, you get to see it all, which is which is why I think yeah, yeah which is uh, I think I think people are giving it more credit now. But I think uh, uh, that movie Elysium is really is is really yeah. underrated where everybody gets to yeah. see and know about all these things like everybody's like oh, what does a dystopia look like you know we're living in a dystopia no i think elysium kind of hit the, the nail on the head where all these like mm -hmm. all these uh, benefits and technological marvels will be available they'll be around you just won't get them yeah it's the um i, I think the other thing to i'm pointing out here though as well is it's like if you're going to like i don't know dismantle infrastructure for like the unhoused and replace it with housing for them to make them all housed then great but affordable housing doesn't do that like it, it, it's like it's like it's like you're saying it's if you if you because it's easy to say oh they're complaining about about the dismantling of the of the of the shelters for people who don't have houses um but they're just building all these afford no those just get taken up by landlords and the prices get pushed up because that's the political settlement you, it's a fake it's not real. And one drum that I've been beating now for for a little bit has been just like as a municipality, just just create a bulk renter. Cool. Now the now the municipality is renting every rental unit in the city, and the landlord's fine. Whatever. We're getting paid. You're getting your your fucking blood money. Um, but we're buying in bulk, which means that we get to uh, like you get to deal with the bulk renter uh, when we have a problem with the unit, when we have a dispute. And uh, when there's when there's unhoused people, uh, you got a unit, you don't get to leave it empty. You're going to get paid, but we're putting somebody in there and we get to mm -hmm. we get to leverage that that bulk purchase. It's the same way that Walmart does shit like they're going to get they're going to get a, get almonds for a certain price per pound because they're fucking Walmart yeah. and they can say where this is what we're going to pay and this is what you're going to get. and We're both going to make money. So if it sounds like you don't want there to be housing because all the landlords are going to get out of the landlord ooh, business ooh, and then who will provide the housing? They should get a uh, we're fond of saying on Albert uh, at Alberta <laughs> Advantage that landlords should get a real job. <laughs> um, so here's another thing also I wanted to add as well. Right. Which is. Which is thinking about like um, 
a lot of these uh, developments, whether it's the affordable housing ones or the we're going to create a vibrant new mixed use community ones, is that when those are created as part of these uh, investment funds, where the idea in, in investments where the idea is we are going to try to build a place that's going to be attractive to business, all of the top down initiatives always end up creating the same place, which is a sort of a, a mixed use street with a few trees planted beside the uh, the pavement. Um, in which is contained a number of different chains and maybe a vape store. They create, they end up creating um, outdoor mixed-use Jane Jacobs-style malls, basically that people don't tend to actually like because it's a mistake, I think, as to because they never they because they're thinking about what creates a city from purely a property investment point of view. They don't think about the city as a place that is used or lived in. They think about the city as a place that exists for companies to create places that people will come and shop at. I've lived in San Jose, California for a couple of years. And um, I, th- I think in a lot of ways, like the first dot-com boom created like the defect clone version of that where they were just trying it out, you know, like in, the, in this sort of recently emptied San Jose downtown core. And Riley, like you were saying, there there are so many tiny little pocket neighborhoods that make no practical sense for human living. You know, just vape store, uh, but no nowhere to buy food. You know, like yeah, we have a, a huge problem with food deserts here in in Calgary. It's it's a it's a major it's a major major issue where just like every the solution to so many things in Calgary is own a car. Um, we're very much like uh, like an Oklahoma city in that sense where um, they just, you know, just kept building roads, building roads, building roads and, and hoping it's uh, hoping it'll work out because the density is so low. You have to go so far for so many things. I remember when I moved here as a kid, we had to take a 20 minute, uh, 20 minute drive to get, anything because we were right on the right on the edge right on a new development um that was just taking up new land and there's a bit of a sense of a gold rush out here because calgary's finally reaching some natural barriers in some directions you got got uh, um sutina reserve land on one side you got you know a couple of towns on each other side and it just feels like everybody's trying to build as many units as they can get packed in uh until things get complex it's interesting mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, what what else we have is we have uh, that parkade. Actually, uh, Clinton, you know what else is going to contain is an innovation center. Fuck. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> the parkade's going to start with it. It's going to start with an innovation center. Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> it never means anything. I, you know what? I think I think I'm going to resolve this time to do. You know, I um, I I was a journalist for a long time. I didn't really like it because it required me to like talk to people and do actual things, um, and I'm much too lazy for that. But I think I might actually mm-hmm. do some shoe leather shit, and I'm going to give this innovation center a year, and then I'm going to show up and I'm going to say, show me some fucking innovations, because I don't believe you guys <laughs> actually do anything here. I bet <laughs> you this see, is uh, a Sopranos-esque no-show we, we, job. We, <laughs> just like frantically looking around, being like, we invented the uh, a new iPhone uh, cover. Yeah, uh, we, we, we have this. Uh, the pencil. We've invented the spiciest buffalo wing uh, yet created by man. Yeah, we created a uh, we created Clubhouse, uh, but it's only for uh, Canadian high school teens. We are currently running as four <laughs> concurrent users. Um, and uh, I got to say, we're looking at some exponential growth. We're looking for some angel investing. Um, it's going to be well, amazing. Again, you guys are going to be pretty embarrassed because I have a quote here. Oh, no. Um, from uh, <laughs> uh, from uh, Mo, Mo Husseini, who's the um, 
acting general manager of the um uh uh, uh the Imagineering Parking Authority. <laughs> he says I owe him platform, so much money right now. The Platform Innovation Center and Parkade is part of the revitalized East Village Urban Mosaic. So yeah, the East Village, you know, East Fa- Village famous uh, was a really great example of uh, of kind of uh, uh, liberals' bullshit being used against them. In that, all the developers building condos in the East Village uh, probably probably saved like fifteen percent of their building costs just by being like, "We're not going to put in parkades. Buy a bike." And so they just clothed themselves in this new urbanism of like these cycle paths and, and green energy and stuff like that. And just like, didn't build parkades anywhere, but they have things that people want to use. There's significant park space. It's right in the middle, uh, right in the middle of some like great, you know, um, uh, public use areas. And so now it's just like packed with cars at all times because those people in there, yeah, they have a bike, but they also have a car. It's yeah. just uh, besides amazing. It's fe- it's February in Calgary. You yeah. have to go to work, and even time in- to put on my Mount Everest climbing gear and get off my bike. You work at the innovation center, uh, and you <laughs> need a place to park your F one fifty because uh, you need that F one fifty when you go dump your garbage in the lake, you know, or yeah, uh, exactly half a quart of firewood or. Nobody talks uh, about how Calgary is uh, so close to the mountains that we have these things called Chinooks. Uh, and uh, that means that it can go from minus 20 to plus 15 in the course of like 24 hours. This happens about 8 to 14 times um, a winter, which means that everything is constantly melting and then freezing and then melting and then freezing. So every sidewalk in this fucking city is a skating rink at all times, unless everybody is extraordinarily diligent about shoveling their shit. So this, oh yeah, it's a walkable neighborhood in Calgary. If you uh, have like boot spikes, like it's, it's, it's insanity. Like this is a place where transit Transit is a dirty word, and they're just like, if you are in a place that's quickly accessible to trains, you're still a 15-minute walk at minus 30 on ice. (laughs) Well, yeah, but here's the thing, right? There's some more millions that are earmarked for other stuff. Uh, Scott Hutchison, the co-founder of Aspen Properties, which has significant holdings in downtown Calgary, has welcomed the plan. (laughs) So, again, you guys must be pretty embarrassed that this guy, who knows so much about commercial real estate, uh, that he owns a lot of it in Calgary. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's welcoming this plan. He doesn't just think it's like a sop to developers. Uh, he says, "Counselors, chances are you're not going to like you're not going to like what I have to say next." He said, sp- speaking to the assembly, "Calgary is a no-fly zone for institutional capital, oh, sure the pension is. funds, and large real estate invest- investors in that community. So, uh, people of large real estate, people of real estate trust." a real estate investment trust uh, that has typically owned the assets in downtown is neither interested in investing in our city core with new equity, nor is new debt available to the market. Um, and so there keep being these different kinds of, of plans and strategies and 10 point with this, that, and the other. This, uh, this, this first $200 million disbursement is just the beginning. There's another 10 point plan about like how they're going to you know, revitalize uh, downtown generally. And if you want to understand the uh how like just liberal empty pablum this plan is i've picked out point four from the plan as one that's particularly odor uh this particularly odious um point four from the plan says that calgary will have transit for all which seems great right i would love transit for all 
Um, I assume that what they mean is that they are going to um, build a network of clean, safe, and cheap or free uh, 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 systems of public transit, right? Transit for all. That's what that says, right? Yep. Yeah, transit for ev- everybody, so long as we don't have to pay for it, or uh, and it can't involve buses or trains. <laughs> well, oh, that's wow. the thing, right? Uh, transit for all, what, th- what they mean is they're going to enhance the transit service and improve stations to create welcoming experiences. <laughs> what? <laughs> Again, this will not be a welcoming experience if you do not have the money for a ticket. I cannot emphasize that to you. That will be an unwelcoming experience yeah. for you. Yeah, it'll be But if bad. you have... If you have however much it costs to get on whatever transit they're going to build, then uh, they're going to like, I don't, again, make it like an each, every stop an Apple store, every train an innovation center. <laughs> like they're one, I feel like they are one ideological step away from actually like just building the Transpod Hyperloop and trying to have flying taxi. Oh my God. Every, every, uh, every year there's a new entrant into the, like, we need a million dollars from the province so that we can explore a high speed rail line that will never get built. It's incredible uh, mm-hmm. how much money you can make if you just like talk publicly about a train. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, unless, uh, unless you were in government, in which case, if you talk about a train, you will lose your job. You must. You must never talk about a train. Yeah. Uh, this is investment advice. Yeah, we've been planning. Um, we've been planning one new train in Calgary for almost as long as I've lived here. So cumulative twenty years, and it just they, every five years they get pretty close. They announce funding, and then they're just like, "Oh, do we think it should be underground or above ground?" And then everything falls apart. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's yeah. there's been a new uh, train coming to your neighborhood for the last two decades. Good lord. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, it, it sucks. Uh, it, uh, it sucks. The this plan sucks. I hate it, and everybody who uh, contributed to it should uh, be in jail. Yeah, that's right. Uh, we're gonna put them all in jail. Um, <laughs> uh, so I think. Look, I'm glancing at the time, and I note that we are about. Look, uh, uh, this official uh, city, Calgary City Council endorsed review of their plan, uh, including some um, front matter about a guy with a flare up his ass uh, and Jair Bolsonaro's uh, interesting immune system uh, is now uh, sort of winding down to the, close the old uh, dirt road. Close the loop, um, yes. Calgary is doing it the old way. You know, some people are trying to do smart cities. Some people are trying to do like, uh, you know, private public partnerships. We're doing it the good way, the old way, the, you know, Robert Caro way. We're just giving uh, very rich people a bunch of public money and transferring that wealth so that maybe uh, they'll uh, drop some crumbs and we can scurry around like uh, fucking Remy the Rat and uh, make a, you know, little tiny souffle for it, for, for ourselves and our families. Um, I, it's it's a traditional it's where the heart of the new west where the energy of canada and uh we really cannot be overlooked by uh laurentian elite uh who want to take our culture of giving public money to rich people uh so they can buy boats <laughs> you gotta you gotta look towards the future though you know because i'm observing all this information and i'm sitting here and i'm imagining 2047 i'm in calgary I'm playing a sold-out show on the 36th floor of the Nexon building. I'm getting paid in krill cakes. I'm getting paid in uh, <laughs> black market Hezbollah kerosene. And I'm hang gliding from the building to safety before the municipal killbots vaporize me and my band. You know, That's right. I go, and, the, I go and hit a bike and produce Ethereum with my calories. Yeah. 
um, but yeah, no, uh, uh, Calgary's interesting in that I feel like the entire city is uh, betting that um, it kind of doing the cynical bet on worldwide efforts to reduce greenhouse emissions and uh, stave off uh, climate change. And all of them have decided that uh, worldwide uh, oil uh, demand will remain on its current trend upwards uh, because nobody's going to do a fucking thing. And I cannot uh, in my in my dark in the the darkest times of my life i look back and i say you know what i hope they i don't hope but i think they might be right i think they're just going to say canadian oil is going to continue to sell because i don't think anybody's going to divert away from a carbon economy um which makes uh calgary kind of this spear tip in kind of doom economy uh and making as much money as we all possibly can before you know a billion strong army of equatorial populations are displaced from their homes and come rightfully kill us with all the guns around them yeah um i I think that pretty much sums it up right which is (laughs) The, the whole point is we is the point of Calgary, the point of like of what Calgary is doing now is like, look, look, buddy. All right. We have to assume everyone's going to keep using oil. But here's what you get out of it. You get a fake innovation center job where, uh, you know, you can like try any of a B test, like people's reactions to different Brie or whatever. You can do that. You can do your fake job. Uh, your house is always going to go up in value if you have one. If you don't have one, you can have uh, you know a mortgage that has a one percent down payment, and the thirty percent interest rate doesn't kick in until five years. Should have had a rich parent. Um, yeah, and uh, also don't forget, uh, it, on your weekends, uh, you'll be able to uh, go to a um, you'll be able to go to a bar that makes the cocktails from The Great Gatsby, uh, and that's in a mall. I love that movie. So. Yeah, so that's pretty fun. You can do all of that. That that is, it's kind of like the there, there's the there's the sort of grand theory of doom economics. And then there's just like just the sort of the sort of absolutely like um just completely sort of abject paltry benefits that the people get who are living in like most of the people get who are living in the privileged areas of the doom economics get. It's very true. Which is like, yeah, you can work in a fake innovation center job. Awesome. Yeah. Great. I'm so glad that we're staying on oil forever. And Please give my city another billion dollars so I can give 99.9% of it to like three guys. Yeah. And the prevailing um, attitude of all the capitalists in Calgary is that we're actually uh, job creators and uh, people should be grateful. Uh, I've seen it firsthand yeah. and it's, uh, it's a very uh, beautiful local psychosis. Well, we're gonna go to uh, uh, jo- we're gonna go to job creator appreciation camp because I think clearly we all could use we could all use a little lesson in saying thank you a little bit more, you know. I think so. Because uh, we're all too blessed to be stressed here in Stephen Avenue or whatever it's called. <laughs> <laughs> I refuse to recognize yeah. Stephen on Treaty Seven land, uh, so it's just Eighth, eighth Avenue to me. <laughs> all right. Uh, Clinton, I want to thank you very much for coming in and chatting to us today. Thank you, guys. Uh, this, was, uh, this was a pleasure. I'm a big fan. So, Oh, thank you very much. Uh, and don't forget, you out there in podcast land, uh, check out Alberta Advantage uh, yes. if you want the Alberta Advantage in your own home. Uh, <laughs> other than that, I think I also want to say, don't forget, there's a Patreon, seven bucks a month. It's our Patreon. You can subscribe to it. It's for a second episode every week crazy i know to be giving it away at this amount of money at this point you can't afford not to because when inflation kicks in you're going to be actually getting the same amount of podcast for less it's like we're the opposite of a coffee crisp which gets like smaller and smaller as prices go up so the price stays the same but you get less coffee crisp in our case as inflation goes up you get the same amount of podcast it's a bad deal for us we're like if you remember like the furniture commercial where like 
it's heavily implied that um, the owner of the store has like suffered some kind of traumatic brain event and therefore set the prices too low. <laughs> That's kind of like us with regards to inflation. So uh, do yeah, check that out. We're walking around podcast. in a circle in front of the <laughs> Bottleman headquarters. There are bluebirds circling our heads as we circle the parking lot going, duh. I'm hitting myself. I'm hitting myself every day with a big hammer. Uh, bourgeois yeah. electoralism is uh, uh, a false promise. Uh, getting on the Patreon for the Bottlemen is actually the only way to uh, enact any change in the world. That's right. And actually, I'm also pr- proud to announce that the Bottlemen have managed to rent the entire uh, Nexon building in Calgary as Bottlemen Tower. <laughs> uh, funny enough, uh, purely with the Patreon funds, and uh, you still got some change. Oh yeah, we still have we still have enough change to go to um, uh, the 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 barcade that that guy turned that theater into. Uh, anyway, uh, Clinton, thanks a lot again for coming on. Uh, and you out there in podcast land, don't forget to subscribe to us and the Alberta Advantage. Uh, otherwise, we will see you in a couple of days where we have uh, Matt Christman from Chapo's Trap House, and we are talking all about the weird, wild, occult life of uh, William Lyon Mackenzie King, who I still stand by my uh, characterization of as one of Canada's flyover prime ministers. Uh, I think see you then. Matt Christman Bye. should probably... Uh, Matt, uh, maybe you should stick to the heads of state of your own country, okay? I'm just saying, uh, we uh, we have some CanCon requirements up here, uh, and it's not it's not hell of prime ministers, okay? So just chill the fuck that's, out. That's that is from the Midwest. He's an oaf of German extraction, so that makes him an honorary Ontarian, which makes him an honorary Canadian. Yeah, and do not come to West that's Ukraine. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. For real. Bye, everybody. Bye, folks. Bye.